Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back. Well, the Premier League Summer Series kicks off on July 22nd. Brighton will face Chelsea at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. And right now, we are absolutely thrilled to bring in the head coach of Brighton, Roberto Deserbi. Roberto, welcome to Morning Footy. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. So we've got a, a pretty exciting trip coming up for you. You're going to be stateside. You'll be hitting Philadelphia, Atlanta, New Jersey. What's your experience in the States? Have you been here before? No, never. And I'm excited to, to come in the United States. And to, to, logically, I will come to work uh, to, to improve my team and to, and to play the friendly game, important friendly game. And uh, it will be a great experience, I think. Roberta, what about Europe for next season? The results on the pitch for the summer series are going to be important leading up to a European season. That must be very exciting. You had some European experience with, with Shakhtar Donetsk. What's the vibe like the atmosphere around Brighton with this team in the Europa League? Well, it's difficult because it's the first time for, for us. Uh, we are a new, new club in um, in Europe, uh, uh, we have to adapt, we have to understand uh, very fast. Uh, it will be a very tough season, but exciting uh, season. No? Uh, we have a lot of motivation uh, and we, we want to compete in our type, in our style, with our quality. Um, yeah. When you say adapt, what do you need to adapt specifically in Europe? What are some of the challenges that are presented? But to adapt uh, in terms of uh, to play three games per week, uh, to, to play first day in Europe and to, to forget uh, for, the, for the, the next game in Premier League. There are, there are two different competitions. Uh, we will compete in four competitions, more FA Cup and um, Carabao Cup. And we need um, 20 players, 20 players able to play in every competition. And we have to adapt uh, because there, there are different uh, week of work. No? Uh, Roberto, I want to ask about your playing style. I know, or at least your, the style of play that your Brighton has. Um, it's been talked about a lot. I'm personally a big, big fan. I actually voted for you as my uh, coach of the season for the Premier League, uh, manager of the season. And uh, the style that you have where your center backs will put their studs on the ball and wait for the attackers to come and press to create space, but also be very attacking sense and very direct after that. Where did that come from? Is that something you developed or you saw when you were starting to play? Because I know you kind of played it in Sassuolo as well. Where did that come from? Because it's very impressive. 
Congratulations, because you are ready to start to be a, a coach, eh? I, listen, I'll, can I do my licenses with you? <laughs> you are, you are, um, you are ready. Yes. No, uh, I'm. I'm still studying uh, football. No, uh, I change depending of the players, depending of the the, the league. Uh, I'm working, uh, but uh, yeah, the main sense is to play with uh, the the opponent pressure because uh, if you want to score, you have to uh, to go to to shoot without opponent and to eliminate uh, opponent. You have to you have to play. Uh, but uh, you know, without the quality of players, the, the coaches can't uh, win and can't be important. Huh. Interesting, Roberto. Now that you, you're speaking to your translator, I imagine um, as a foreign manager, for example, we saw Bielsa that uh, spoke through a translator to his players. For you, as an Italian English not being your first language, and usually in England, for some reason. People are very critical of those who don't speak English, but you know you've managed to translate that emotion and 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 the tactical knowledge to your players. How has that been for you, and and has it presented a challenge this year? Well, I can tell you my opinion and my idea. I think uh, with the press with the journalist in press conference with the. Uh, with the player when uh, we are one-to-one uh, -one, uh, is right uh, to speak in uh, English because I'm working in another country. I'm working not in, I'm not working in my country and I can't uh, speak Italian. But uh, when I, when I have a meeting with the, with my players, uh, I speak in Italian with my translator because I want to be clear and I want to uh, achieve my my goal and my goal is to transfer my emotion my idea my 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 style of play my style of life uh, to my players no and I can't uh, lose time in the meeting and I want to arrive uh, immediately well, Roberto I uh Brighton is definitely a, a club on the rise in terms of, of profile. And in the States, there are, there are teams like Manchester United and Arsenal and Liverpool that have massive amounts of following. But for Brighton, maybe one of the, the smaller clubs, how important is it to get that, that global lens and gain more American fans, especially utilizing this summer series as an opportunity? No, I think... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, generally, we can't compete against uh, um, City, Liverpool, Arsenal, uh, Chelsea, Newcastle now. But uh, you know, uh, football is is, uh, is great uh, because uh, the the game start uh, nil nil, and uh, you have to 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 deserve. To win a game, no, uh, and we love uh, dreaming. We love uh, to fix in our head uh, uh, the big targets uh, and to compete to reach the Europe League. For us, is uh, is like a, 
a win a Premier League, a win a Champions League. Uh, but we know we are Brighton. We know we are uh, not so big, uh, but we are strong. Uh, for uh, Roberto, for this summer series coming up, obviously there's a lot of fans in the U.S. that are going to be looking forward to see Brighton play and some of the some of the big names on the team. But how how similar do you think it will be? How you can play in this preseason compared to what they're going to see in the regular season in the Premier League? But I think uh, at the moment uh, we are not uh, the Brighton true yet. No, uh, we are waiting a lot of uh, national players, as uh, a Casado, uh, Mitoma, Ferguson, and Chizo arrived um, two days ago, and we are working. But uh, in this part of the season, it's not important the results. Most important is to um, improve, to improve our uh, physical condition, uh, and to, to arrive uh, at the beginning of the season in the in the best condition. In the August and September, uh, we'll start the the season, a tough season uh, in, in September will uh, start the Europe League and uh, that moment we have ready. Well, Roberto, you've been working a lot. You can tell even managers like Pep Guardiola have said that you are one of the most influential managers in the last 20 years. That must be a credit to your work. How does that make you feel personally? Well, I don't know. Pep uh, is, uh, is a friend, he's a good man. Uh, he helped me a lot at the beginning of my time in uh, in Premier League and I can't forget him and I, I can't forget it. Um, I I try to, to give my idea. I I try to to enjoy with my my work. It's my my passion. Um, and then you know uh, the result can change everything. No, if you win, uh, you are a good uh, coach and you you are working well. But uh, it's not like this because uh, uh, the results are different than the quality of your work. Well, Roberto, we very much appreciate your time and look forward to welcoming you to the States. Uh, safe travels to you and the whole team. Thank you. All right, Thank let me know much. if you want me to swing by and be your assistant coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Is my translate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break on Morning Footy, but plenty more to come. Don't go anywhere. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back. Only eight days until the Women's World Cup, and we are diving into Group E, which features uh, the United States, the Netherlands, Portugal, and Vietnam. These are the odds to win the group, and the United States, not the heavy favorites that you might think they would be in this group, but potentially that's because the Netherlands are the teams that was the runner-up in 2019. They've had a good showing in the in the World Cup in the two that they have made 2015 and 2019. Nico, uh, how do you feel? I don't know. That's about this. 650 do you think that's value discrepancy between the U.S. and the Netherlands. Hmm. That, that seems like pretty heavy favorites to me. Yeah. Not compared to the other numbers. Not yeah, exactly. Right. But yeah. the U.S. I mean, the U.S. just feels like they are clearly the. And the, it's, the, the favorites of the of the whole tournament. I was just a little shocked at these against numbers. the Netherlands in that second game. That's going to be the decider, and then if it's a draw or something like that, it's going to be a matter of who can score the most goals against Vietnam and, and Portugal. Yes. Just just say if it is a draw. Yeah, it's kind of like it's going to be kind of a little bit like Gold Cup. Yep. It is. All right, so uh, the Netherlands, as we mentioned, they have played in um, a couple of World Cups, only two, but they've done really well. They um, advanced to the, the out of the group stage in 2015, and then they were the runners-up in 2019. Uh, they're ranked ninth in the world. They're unbeaten in eight of their qualifiers. This is a, they are, are they a team to watch for you, Jenny? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we do have to mention that, you know, they lost the U.S. women's national team in that France World Cup, so they were the runner-ups there. Um, but they've lost Vivian Medema and to an ACL injury, so that is a huge, huge loss for them. But then they have the players like Jill Roard that she's going to be a player to watch for for them. She scored two hat-tricks during World Cup qualifying, and, and that's not all. You know, she, she's an all-around player. She's going to be massive for them. But Lika Martins is, is someone to really, really put your eye on in that team. Um, PSG player, uh, played for Barcelona before. Van de Donk also. She... Played in that 2019 World Cup, and then she had a toe injury, so she didn't really perform to her fullest. But before that, she absolutely had so many um, different accolades and awards. I mean, she was best FIFA women's player. She was UEFA Women's Player of the Year. So she's someone that should have a great showing. Obviously, that World Cup, she was a little bit injured. Now I'm expecting her to have even more of a breakout. Interesting. We're also not talking enough about the coach. Uh, new coach, they had a debacle. They had a terrible uh, Euro 22. Uh, so... New coach, Andres Jonker, who, fun fact, coached uh, within the academy alongside Thierry Henry at Arsenal. Wow. Mm. Look at that. Uh, Technically Jonker, part of the family. It's crazy enough that uh, Miriam was injured and Jonker didn't take the top three Dutch scorers from the Eredivisie. Which is what, like the amount of goal contributions yeah. between the, the, the top three, which are the top four goal scorers in the league, the top three Dutch scorers. I don't know, it's, it, it's kind of crazy because then you're putting all of this focus on not only Lecke Martens, but uh, Berenstein as well. And, other, and then after that, you don't really have- So depth have could be a problem for them potentially? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of pressure on, on two top players. Yeah. And I don't know who comes after them. I, it's just, it, to me, it just doesn't seem just on paper, that yeah. that those who are the backups on this national team that got called up are better than the, the, the scores, oh, which are Romy, Romy Lukter, who has Lukter? 24 goal involvement. in the it? Ah, don't. I know. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Romy Lukter. Lukter. Uh, very difficult. Um, are you if, rolling the R? <laughs> you roll, you throw the R after the H. So anyway, uh, Fena Kalma, who has 30 goals, and Hoekstra, who had 14 goals. Mm -hmm. 
they are in the top four of goal scorers for the Eredivisie, DVC and the top three Dutch players. Uh, I don't know. I, I hope that doesn't play against them. We'll see. Plays well for the United States. Let's talk about uh, Port Portugal and Vietnam, who are also World Cup debutantes in, in this competition. Um, we've seen a bunch of teams that are making their very first appearance in a World Cup, including Vietnam, Zambia, Haiti, Morocco, Panama, Philippines, Portugal, Ireland. When you think about kind of the, the bigger picture of this, Jenny, for teams that are making their World Cup debut, this is, this is kind of the, their first opportunity for the global soccer world to see them. How important is it for them to, to make an impact, to kind of get people in, to pay attention? So important. So the reason why we're seeing so many debutants in this World Cup specifically is that we have increased the number of teams. We now have 32 teams in this World Cup. Um, so you're seeing a lot of teams that you have never really gotten to see. So when we talk about, you know, being able to research and tell you guys exactly what the lineups are going to be for certain teams and how they play, it gets difficult because a lot of these teams have never been on this stage. Um, a lot of those debutants are part of that. So when we talk about Portugal and Vietnam, that's that same aspect. I know we're going to get into that. But the, the fact of being on the world stage against these teams, that's what a lot of these players are talking about. They're mm -hmm. talking about the fact that they're going to play against the United States and the kind of visibility that that gives them. The opportunity in their life that they're going to talk about forever is that they got to play in a World Cup and then they got to play against you know well, certain players. So we you know what's it. shocking to me, sorry, just oh, to no. add on to this. Uh, yeah, sure, you, you, you see that list, but then you see Portugal in there and you say, Wait, wow. hold up. I World know. Cup yeah. debutants? That's a head scratcher. In, in the men's game, they are one of the top producers Completely. of talent. And for the women's game, the fact that they didn't ever make a World Cup, they didn't even make a Euro until mm -hmm. the last two in which they crashed out of the group stage. So they have clearly not attributed as many resources to the women's yeah. game there. And I don't, I'm not sure if the league is fully professional. And it's just, it's very far behind from the men's game in, in a European nation where I would have thought, okay, you look at the France of the world, the Germany's of the mm -hmm. world, uh, even the Spain's of the world, their women's programs are up there. Yeah, I they thought, can compete. But I thought it was a typo. Like, I was like, this can't be their yeah. first it, it's shock it Honestly, it's, it's, it's shocking. It's only on how well the, the men's national team right. has And then has that's done. completely what Nico said, is, is where are you attributing your resources? That right. often is completely a direct correlation as to how they're performing and, and whether they're actually, you know, creating players and building them up and stuff. Um, but it is important to say that they tied earlier this month against England. Yeah. Nil-nil, um, and obviously we've talked in depth about how strong we expect England to be in and huge contender to win the World Cup. So the fact that they tied that match, they should be uh, yes, keeping an eye on them. Five straight wins before that draw. And that was obviously England being the best team they faced. But still, so, to draw, no, no. Quality is there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The one thing it's, I will notice if you look at their squad, there's a lot of players that play within the Portuguese league, uh, the women's league, the feminine. Uh, you want to start seeing some players get into the NWSL, maybe the so WSL. Well, Je Jessica, Jessica Silva, who is Portugal's best player, plays for Benfica, but she's former Casey Current. Right. But this is huge because we see this in the Men's World Cup all the time. Players having a moment mm -hmm. at the World Cup and suddenly the exposure, all of these big clubs are watching. This is such an opportunity for these players, especially for these, these players that are on these teams that are playing in the, their first World Cup. Eyeballs are going to be on you. If you have big performances, you can potentially move to NWSL. You could move to, to Spain, to England. Like These are... 
these are massive opportunities for these teams. Last comment on Vietnam because we haven't gotten into them and I've talked about how difficult it is to find out that much about different teams that have never really been on the stage before. Um, but they played against Germany and they only lost two to one in that match, which Germany in the women's game is always a strong contender. So that, that for me was incredibly interesting for them to be so close in that match. Um, I thought that was impressive. Mm -hmm. But then they lost to New Zealand 2-0, to, which was deflating because New Zealand came into that match 10 winless. So... It's not like New Zealand is one of these, you know, huge teams that sure. you're expecting them to absolutely go through anybody. And, and that I found difficult, but um, they play against Spain tomorrow. So if anybody that wants to see who the U.S. plays against in that first match, Vietnam, take a look at the game against Spain so you can kind of scout yeah. what you want from that match. And Vietnam's head coach has said that just scoring a goal would be a, a success Ooh, for them. So they're, well, I, in some ways I respect it because... Yeah, sure. But they scored against well, Germany yeah. and, and they have attacking um, possibilities. So when you're watching these clips, like they have opportunities to do it. Sometimes they're shooting from too far away or they're too defensive in moments where they're too far away from the goal to get there in time. So that, that's what I found from them and I think that if they put themselves in a position to be closer to the goal and score closer to goal, you have a better opportunity to get one in the back of the Off head. of what you said, I think of the Philippines at the last World Cup where they got that one goal against Sweden, how much it meant to them. And then at the Men's World Cup, Panama in mm -hmm. 2018, they got that one goal against England, yeah. I believe. And they went nuts. They were losing 6-0 and they got that one goal. So it, it is super important to get that goal at a World Cup, represent your nation. 100%. Could not agree more. Um, all right, guys, we are going to take a break. We are chatting some Gold Cup on the other side. Mexico facing Jamaica. We'll be right back. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Welcome back. Gold Cup semifinals tonight. Here's a look at that bracket. We have Mexico facing off against Jamaica at 10 p.m. Eastern and Panama and the United States at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Both of those matches you can watch on FS1. So let's chat about Mexico, Jamaica. Nico, we have talked about this Jamaica team being one of the best in this competition. Collectively, this is probably the strongest team that they have ever had. And then on the other side, you have a Mexico team that's playing pretty well, all things considered. Things had been going south for mm -hmm. them, but it's been a bit of a turnaround in, in this Gold Cup. How do you like this matchup? So Mexico has gotten results. That's the big thing. Which they weren't. Right. Yeah, they, think they, back to the game against the U.S. Sure. that we were at. Right. Before you go, well, no, they're actually playing much better than that. The, the, but it's not convincing. And, and it's... <laughs> 
It's, not, it's still not great. Mexico? No, it's, you just sounded like a robot that got water poured on it there for a second. Right. I mean, of course, you're going to be marred by that big loss in Nations League. In the tournament, they've done what they needed to do and win and get by and get to the next game. And maybe that's what you need in the Well, let me ask you then. Tournaments, if, they were sliding down, if they were sliding down the hill when we saw them, right? Or would you say that for they've, sure. would you say they've stopped, they've stopped the slide? So, or they're, are they heading no, no. up? Are they heading for, back for up? Sure, for sure, they were dramatically sliding down mm-hmm. the hill. And I think Jimmy, Jimmy Lozano has given them an uh, upward trajectory. Right. It's, it, it's, it's obviously not skyrocketing, but it's... Yeah. What has obvi- he done? They're, they're, they're what getting has he closer. done to get He's them put the there. players in their position and have consolidated so this group. Uh, it's simple. It's, it's a, behind, it's behind the, the scenes, too. Uh, Henry Martin said that behind the scenes, the atmosphere hasn't been like this in years, that they're all talking after games. They're all in the hotel. He's created like this sense of unity that apparently they didn't have before. So Lozano himself said, look, I can't create magic. I can't, I can't just come here and expect instant results. So what I'm going to do is make them work hard behind the scenes, create a group atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And I agree with Nico that when you watch them, it's not brilliant football. It's certainly not like the the Mexico that we've seen at the top where it's a technical, free-flowing side. But the results, and that's the best way to start. Just get the results and then worry about the aesthetics. And that's all Mexico fans really want is results. They just don't want to continue losing in bad fashion. Eventually, the beauty beauty comes. But look, it's going to take a while, right? As soon as you get off the coca, then you you start to get your life together. They're starting to be (laughs) a lot better. Uh, You know what's coming. But uh, Jamaica, to give some respect to Jamaica, haven't lost in six. Six straight home wins. This is the best team they've ever fielded quality-wise. Six straight home wins. They've won the last six home matches. Oh, but they were winless in 10 going into this game. Well, going into the tournament. They were, I guess they were playing. They're very right top-heavy, though. They've got they the Premier are, League. But this is the best, the highest quality they've ever fielded. This is no team to joke with. They, this may be the first win in a long time they, against Mexico. They, they've hyped, or Jamaica has been hyped massively, and I think that they've, te- their medal has been tested enough at, at the Gold Cup to show that they're a team not to be messed with. Mm-hmm. But now is a big follow-through against Mexico. And if they want to assert themselves and have that hype really be backed up, mm-hmm. you know, beating Guatemala, with all res- due respect to Guatemala, great fan base, by the way, um, mm. beating Mexico is going to be key, key Quick to back up that hype. Unbeaten in six at home, by the way. Ah. So not six straight home wins. Okay. But that's unbeaten in home at six. They are not easy to beat. This is going to be a very prepared team for Mexico. A Mexico that is... I think only stop down that hill slide. I don't think they're on the upward trajectory yet. Who wins? Just yet. Jamaica. Jamaica? I'm going to go Jamaica. Jamaica. I don't want to do Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica down the line, but I think I'm going to say Mexico, simply to be contrarian, but also a U.S. Mexico. They're considered slight favorites, by the way, Mexico. Naturally. By the Let's go. Naturally. Obviously. All right. Um, We're going to take a break. Jenny Chu will be back with the headlines when we return. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Here is a look at your Wednesday footy fix. We have a couple of Gold Gold Cup semifinals to look forward to. The U.S. and Panama playing at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1, followed up by Jamaica and Mexico at 10 p.m. And we have a whole bunch of MLS games to look forward to. New England, Atlanta at 7.30, Nashville, Philadelphia, 8.30, Colorado taking on Portland at 9, and LAFC versus St. Louis at 10.30 p.m. You can watch all of those on MLS Apple TV+. Plus. Jenny Chu, 
you have some headlines for us. I do. Let's Plenty go. of matches to watch tonight. I'm hoping I see you guys for those matches. And for the headlines, former Manchester United Ajax and Netherlands legend Edwin van der Sar remains in intensive care this morning following bleeding around his brain. But his wife said yesterday van der Sar is out of immediate danger. Dutch media reported the 52-year-old was on vacation in Croatia when he became ill. Van der Sar announced that he was leaving his position as an executive with Ajax in May. Christian Pulisic's looming transfer to AC Milan has been the talk of the town for a week. And today, the U.S. men's national team star arrived at the airport in Milan this morning on the way to his medical for the $24 million transfer. Pulisic sent a message to Milan fans via social media, effectively confirming his departure from Chelsea to the Rossoneri. Hi, AC Milan supporters. Christian Pulisic. I've just arrived in Milan. I'm so excited to be here and, uh, yeah, can't wait to get started. Pulisic will become the third U.S. men's national team player to play for AC Milan following Gucci Onyewu and Serginho Dest. And his transfer could be officially announced as early as this morning. In England, Tottenham striker Harry Kane arrived at training this morning and was all smiles amidst rumors of his potential transfer. Recent reports have linked Kane to Bayern Munich as well as PSG. However, yesterday, new Tottenham head coach Ange Postacoglu spoke to the media and stated he hoped Kane would remain with the club. It's being reported that Kane will speak with the club today about his future. Kane, just like Kylian Mbappe, is heading into his final year of his contract. Barcelona's youth movement is in full swing, with Pedri and Gavi leading a new generation with the Spanish champions, and they have just landed another young jewel to their collection. Barca has completed the signing of young Brazilian striker Vitor Roque, who arrived from Atlético Paranense in a $44 million transfer. The 18-year-old was sought after by Arsenal and Manchester United will become the latest Brazilian to join Barcelona. And from a player who could be the future of Barcelona to a player who has said goodbye, Lionel Messi has arrived in his new home, landing in Florida, yesterday ahead of the official unveiling by Inter Miami on Sunday. Ahead of the arrival, Messi did an interview with Argentina's ESPN, where he said he expects to, quote, perform at the highest level for Inter Miami. Messi is expected to make his debut for Inter Miami on July 21st, when Inter Miami plays Cruz Azul in League's Cup. Nico, you and I are both heading to Miami for what we are hoping will be Messi's first match. What sort of scenes are you expecting in that debut? Craziness. I don't, I don't think. I think Inter Miami and the league is going to learn as he starts playing away how much Messi moves masses. I remember going to the Argentina-Honduras pre-World Cup friendly in Miami at Hard Rock, and people were going crazy. Like, they're going to have to be ready for to stop people running onto the fields, to wanting to get into the stadium. The Inter Miami is already building, like, obviously because on the corners, like you see it here, there's no stands mm -hmm. um, because these are just four bleachers put together. They've already built, like, an extra set of bleachers in one of the corners. Hmm. So it's, it's going to be a, a learning curve in security, in administration, in logistics, on how to really hone in this force that is messy. How this, soon this, before they play in uh, the Dolphin Stadium? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, that, that's, that's a good question. With Messi, they'd sell out every stadium. Every single game. You, you don't understand. It's already sold out. Was, I lived in Miami. Art. I remember oh, all the Argentines yeah, there. there. It's already sold yeah. out. All of them. Yeah. But, but I think that you bring up a, a, a massive 
thing about we haven't dealt with an international superstar at this level in a Latin community. But, but no, but not even, David, not even David Beckham, you know, like That's not even I'm close. Saying. That's what I'm saying is that people may not understand how big this superstar is. And when we talk about that security issue, I think that that's massive. When we go to international games, there's people running on the field at all times. Every that's single, every that's single game he plays, somebody runs onto that the field. That is my biggest concern because with, with MLS, I don't know that they are ready for the onslaught that is about to, to happen. This, I mean, you can see it right here, to your point. The stadium is not equipped. It's not equipped, and they are going to have to figure this out very quickly. It's, Look how no, crazy it was there's when no Messi other played. option. They're gonna going to have to figure be, it out or, 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 or make think, Messi feel uncomfortable. What about when Messi played at Red Bull Arena? What about when Messi played Brazil in uh, MetLife? Or maybe that was the old Meadowlands. It was bananas. This it's, is, this is it's, for those of you who don't know about Messi, I, first of all, who are you and why are you watching the show? But second of all, <laughs> imagine Taylor Swift signed for Inter go. Miami. There you go. <laughs> That's how insane our producer just went. <gasps> That's how We're insane this is going to be. Imagine... Taylor Swift and Bad Bunny played for yes. Inter Miami. That's what this is going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, Look how upset Nico is that I compared Messi to Taylor Swift. It's going to have to be very serious. It will be like nothing quickly. MLS has, has ever yeah. seen. And it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a steep learning Stadium curve security is going to be so confused. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, buckle up, yeah. guys. All right. Don't forget, we have those Gold Cup semifinals, U.S., Panama, Jamaica, Mexico, and a bunch of MLS matches to watch on Apple TV. No shortage of soccer. Thanks for watching, guys. Let's do it again mañana. Bye. See you soon.